teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. So Matthew chapter number 28, let's start reading in verse number 18. This is uh, what we commonly call in the body of Christ the Great Commission. Jesus said, came and spake unto them, this is after His resurrection, saying, All power, or the Greek is authority, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, you're on your own. I'm going to heaven. No, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, or actually, as the Greek says, the age. Now, this is Matthew's account of what Jesus gave before he ascended up. This is Matthew's account of what we call the Great Commission. But it's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. So it's not just here. There are other things said that Matthew didn't record, and they're recorded in some of the other Gospels. In Matthew's account, he just said, uh, go ye into all the world and preach the God, or or teach all nations, baptizing them um, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded thee. And and most churches lack this this, uh, account better than the other accounts. Because, you know, this account, these, these traditional churches... Uh, watered-down churches, backslidden churches, you might call them. They like this because, you know, teach, baptize, and quit. But that's not all that's to it. Mark's account says these signs will follow them that believe. And he mentioned a number of different signs. And religious, traditional churches, they try to make us say, well, no, that really wasn't in there. That was added, you know, and so forth and so on. But no, it is in there. It was inspired by the Holy Ghost. These signs will follow them that believe in my name. He mentions several of them. They'll, they'll cast out devils. They'll heal the sick. And they'll speak with new tongues and take up deadly serpents and so forth. They won't hurt them. You know all those things. And so um, they don't like that. But see, that's part of this great commission. That's part and parcel of it. goes along with it. You can't separate one of them from the other. All the accounts have to go together. And so these signs and wonders are a part of the Great Commission. And so when we go into all the world, we're to be carrying signs and wonders. Now, these signs and wonders followed Jesus when He walked the earth. And what Jesus is saying is these signs and wonders are to continue as uh, you continue to carry out my ministry. And we're going to look at that tonight, and we're going to look at doing what Jesus did. But the reason we can do what Jesus did is because he said, these signs will follow me, so we'll do what Jesus did. And also Jesus said in John 14, what is that verse? I can't remember the verse 26 or whatever it is. He said, uh, the works that I do shall ye do also, and greater works than these shall ye do because I'm going to my Father. Notice each of these times he said, I'm going to my Father, but you're going to carry out this ministry. 
you're going to continue this ministry, and these signs will follow. And so what we're going to see tonight is the way Jesus did what he did, and we're going to see that in order to do what he did, he gave us what he had to do what he did. Jesus couldn't do what he did without what he had to do what he did. Somebody said, wait a minute, now Jesus could do anything. Okay, well then why did Jesus for 30 years not do anything? Remember the first miracle was Jesus turned the water into wine. The Bible makes it plain. This is the beginning of miracles. Did Jesus of Nazareth, that's in John chapter number, what is that, chapter 3, I believe, or 4, whatever. This beginning of miracles. And he said that's the first miracle. So at 30 years old, that's the first miracle. For 29 years, 29, all those years, he didn't do a single miracle. Why did he not do a miracle? Because he did not, uh, because he was just then baptized of the Holy Ghost in the River Jordan. Remember that? And there was another reason which we're going to look at tonight. So I wanted you to see that uh, Jesus gave us this great commission, and then he sent us to go do what he did. In other words, Jesus' ministry really, and we'll see this as we go, is divided into two parts, him himself being here in the flesh doing it, but then in, in, the, uh, in the church age continuing this ministry through us. And we're going to look at how we can do that. Now, here in Matthew 28, he said, he, Jesus stated this first statement in verse number 18, all King James has power, but it's the Greek word for authority, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, what's the context here? I hope you got your, uh, your, your, I hope you're ready to listen very carefully. The context is Jesus had just raised from the dead. You can read that on your own. He had just raised from the dead, and he raised from the dead saying, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You remember when John saw him on, on the uh, Isle of Patmos in the book of Revelation, Jesus appeared to John and said, I am he that was dead and I'm alive, and I have the keys of death and of hell. So that's that authority. Now, Jesus said, all authority is given unto me, but he said it in John, I mean, in Matthew 28, in the context here, he said it in the, he stated it as if it was a new development. In other words, this has just happened. All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. That's the way that's stated. After the resurrection, he appears on the scene back on earth and says, all authority is, in other words, this just happened. This just happened. This is a new development. Why did, why did Jesus state it as if it was a new development? Because, revelation here now, you ready? It was a new development. Jesus, listen to me very carefully, think about it, Jesus operated in the authority that God originally gave Adam back in the book of Genesis all through his earthly ministry starting at 30 years old. So why did he say after the resurrection, new development, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth? You gotta, you, how many of you are ready to think tonight? Yes, now, we've been preaching on the authority of the believer, especially the name of Jesus. We're going to get back into that tonight. Amen. 
but we're going to dig around and get it, get it more solidified down in your spirit so that whenever you understand the authority through the name of Jesus, it's a real living thing to you. It's not just a tag on the end of a prayer or something you, you know, something you mindlessly, it's just something the way you close, you know. Close your prayer or close a, a time of authority or something. Why did Jesus state this as a new development if he had been operating in it all through his earthly ministry? Had he not? Wind and waves. Peace be still. That's the authority God gave Adam in Genesis 1.26. He said, have dominion. Said to Adam and Eve, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over every creepy thing. And then he said this, over all the earth. Is the wind and waves part of the earth? So when he said to the wind and waves, peace be still, and it obeyed him, he's operating in the authority God originally gave Adam. Whenever Lazarus died, he said, Lazarus, come forth. He's operating in an authority. When the fig tree was found to be fruitless, fruit, to have no fruit, he cursed it and commanded it to die with words. That's authority. Where did he get that authority? He's operating in the authority God gave, originally gave Adam in the book of Genesis. Amen. Are you still with me? When the fever, he came up to Peter's mother-in-law. She had a fever. He, he rebuked it. And it left. The Bible says she rose and ministered to them. What's he operating? He's operating in authority. So he operated that way all through his earthly ministry. Why in Matthew 28 did Jesus come with a new announcement about a new development? All authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. See, now we have to understand this because religious traditional churches have missed what I'm going to share with you tonight. And if you miss it, you'll be just like them living under dominion of what you should be ruling over. So you have to understand what's going on here, all right? So you got your listening ears on? You didn't bring your deaf ears tonight, did you? So Jesus had been operating in that. Then why would this be a new development that he has some kind of authority? Because what was given him was our authority. He had already been walking in it. But what he is now saying, when all authority is given unto me, he's saying, I got yours for you. We know that because of what he said next. You listening very carefully. Don't be counting lights. Don't be chewing gum and counting how many times you chew it. Pay attention to the word because you're going to get something tonight. Whenever he said, all authority is given unto me, he's talking about our authority. And the reason we know why is because of what he said next. What did he say next? Notice what he said in verse number 18. All King James says power. The Greek is authority. You can do that study yourself. You know, you'll find it's true. All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, what did he say? Go ye, therefore. Go ye, therefore. And teach all nations and cast out devils and heal the sick, raise the dead. Now, putting all of those accounts together, that's what he said. How are you going to do that if you don't have the authority? 
So what he was saying was, all authority is given unto me. I operated in this whenever I walked the earth. See, he was a sinless man. He was like Adam before the fall. And he could walk in that authority. Amen. Not because, now listen very carefully. If you're a visitor tonight and you hear this, you might run, run out and think this is a false church. But listen very carefully to what I say and listen to what I did not say. I did not, I will not say he's, he was not or is not the son of God or God in the flesh because he is and was. So don't, don't hear something that I didn't say. But when he came to earth, he wasn't operating that way. If he was operating as the Son of God, which he was, but I'm saying if he was operating that way, in all the authority of God down here, then why didn't he operate that way for 29 years? He was God then too, wasn't he? God in the flesh. See, Jesus was God and man all at the same time. But Philippians 2, if you read it carefully, verse 7, 8, 9, down through there, King James doesn't make it very clear, but most other translations will be, make it clear that he laid aside some of the attributes of deity. Not deity, but some of the privileges of deity. What do you mean attributes? Take, for example, the ability. One of the attributes of deity is omnipresence. Jesus was not omnipresent. He's only present in one place at one time. He, he was limited to a physical body. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And omniscience. That's one of the attributes of deity. But whenever he was on the earth, he was not omniscient. Some people think he was, but there were times he asked questions to make evident that he didn't know everything. Like at Lazarus' tomb, or, or at Lazarus, when they came up to, a, he was on the way to a really Lazarus' house, and he said, where, where have you laid him? Why would you ask that if you knew where he was? There are things he didn't know. See, he was in the flesh just like you and me. Now, he was God, but he laid aside some of the characteristics of deity, and he had to operate as a man under Adam's authority, and he did it under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. So if he did it as a man with, with Adam's authority under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and we are a man, and Jesus got back our authority for us, and then the power of the Holy Ghost comes upon us, no wonder he said, the works that I do shall you do also. Now it's starting to all make sense. No wonder he said, you go, all authority is given unto me. You go, and the, the uh, book of Mark says, in my name. Go over to Mark's gospel. I wasn't going to turn there, but I just want you to see it, that there's something added here that Jesus, uh, or I should say wasn't recorded in Matthew's account. Uh, this is Mark 16, 15. Go ye, therefore, uh, go, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Amen. Speak with new tongues, take up serpents, and heal the sick, and so forth and so on. In my name. In my name. That's how we're going to do these things. In the, by using the name of Jesus. In other words, he went to heaven, but he left us his name. So when he said, go ye therefore, he's saying, go in this authority. Exercise this same authority that I operated in throughout my earthly ministry. And he gave that authority to us through the use of his name. He gave that authority to the church, the body of Christ. We can say in the name of Jesus and release our faith and operate in the same authority he operated in. 
Now, that's a truth that's bl- that many church people are blind to. Philippians 2.7 says he laid, King James says, it doesn't make it clear, but if you read other translations, actually you read the Greek, it's pretty clear that he laid aside some of these attributes and privileges of being deity. In other words, he walked the earth operating as a man under Adam's authority. He even did that when he went to the cross. When he raised from the dead, he said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. And he turned around and then he went to heaven. All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. See, I'm going to heaven. Most people think that. So they say, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jesus. Wait a minute, Jesus. You have it. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. You, you, you need to do something in this situation. Don't leave me. Amen. He has it, so he left, so I need to get him to do something. Are you still out there? Pray to him to do something about my situation. No, read the rest of the passage. All authority is given unto me. I'm going to heaven, but I'm giving you, I'm delegating my authority to you. I'm giving you my name. And I'm going to heaven. So you carry out my ministry, continue to carry out my ministry using my authority. Now think about it. Jesus went back to heaven after his ascension. He could no longer exercise authority that he had as a man when he was on the earth. Whatever you bind on shall be bound in heaven. If two of you agree on earth as touching anything you ask, it'll be done of my Father which is in heaven. If you and I aren't on earth, we no longer have authority on earth. Jesus is not on earth, so he no longer has the authority down here. Whoa! He went to heaven, and he could no longer exercise authority down here because he as a man, and as God too, of course, but he's no longer on earth. The authority God gave man in Genesis was to be over the earth. And only a man on the earth could exercise it. If a man's not on the earth, he can't exercise it. See, you got to understand some of these things. He as a man, he went to heaven. But today in heaven, he's still a man, but he can't do anything on earth except through the church. Because he himself said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. He didn't say, I'll do all that for you. We're still on earth and he's not. He's in heaven, seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. But still today, people today, they still think, well, Jesus, if you have all this authority, why, don't, uh, why do you want me to go? If you have the authority, why are you sending me? See, we've got to preach this till, keep on preaching this till people get it. See, he delegated that authority to you as the church. He delegated Adam's authority back to redeemed man. What Adam lost, Jesus came to get back. The only thing we don't have now yet is the glorified body. Adam had a different kind of body before, before the fall I'm talking about. 
Now think about this. In Acts 3, I'm not going to turn to all these scriptures. Just write this down. Acts 3, 6, you remember Peter at the gate called Beautiful. He said to the man, such as I have, give I thee. Silver and gold have I none. Such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And grabbed him and pulled him up. He, he used the name. He, he knew he had the name. Such as I have, give I thee. And they got in trouble for that. The man was healed. Everybody knew who the man was. He was healed. And this big miracle turned a lot of people to God. And so uh, they pulled him in and arrested him and charged him and, you know, uh, examined him. And uh, they said, by what name have you done this? In Acts 4, 7, they said, know this, that it's by the name of Jesus. It's by the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then in Luke 10, 17, they, the 70 came back that Jesus had get delegated authority to before his resurrection. And he said, they, they, they came back and they said, even the devils are subject unto us in thy name. That's how they were operating. They were operating using the name. They were using the name. The early church knew how to use the name. They knew, they didn't even know what Paul preached about in Christ yet. That hadn't been revealed. That hadn't been written. And the, the epistles hadn't been written. But they knew they had the name. Amen. And they knew that name had authority. And they knew they could use it. They knew it was theirs. They knew healing was in that name. They knew deliverance was in that name. They knew deliverance from devils. They knew salvation was in that name. Go to uh, Acts 4. Go to Acts chapter number 4, verse number 10, real quickly. We're going quickly tonight. But think about this whenever they, they charged them about using this name. See, that's the devil hates this name. He hates when you use it. They said, by what authority you do this? In verse 10 here in Acts 4, they said, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by that name. Look at your Bible. Even by. Wait a minute. I thought he was talking about the name. He said, by the name of Jesus, be it known that by the name of Jesus, whom you crucified, God raised from the dead, even by him. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. He started talking about the name and ended up talking about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Even by him, this man stands here. Look at it. This, whom, whom you, God raised from the dead, even by him did this man stand here before you whole. Glory to God. And then they, 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 they go down there in verse 12. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby must be saved. The name of Jesus. Notice he started out talking about the name in verse 10 and ended up talking about Jesus. Isn't that right? Why? Because Jesus and his name are one. Whatever he has is in his name. He has healing power. It's in his name. In other words, Jesus said, go, go. I'm commissioning you to go. He's basically saying, this is how you take the authority that I walked in. You go by taking my name. You go by taking my name. Don't, don't tune out now because I haven't got started yet. In the name. In my name. Now, that's Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Also, if you look at we won't turn there, but you remember, if two of you agree on not touching anything they ask, there, uh, uh, it'll be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. For uh, where two or three, verse 20, Matthew 18, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Yeah. In my, you ought to underline those words. In my name, there am I. Yes, sir. Amen. In my name, there am I. When you use the name of Jesus, yeah. Jesus himself shows up. Yes, 
and says, I'm here to make good on, on, on what you said in my name, what you prayed in my name, what you commanded in my name. In my name, there am I. In my name, there am I. Now, so what this is in modern legal terms, this term maybe not wasn't coined back then, but in modern legal terms, we have the term called power of attorney. Anybody ever heard of that term, power of attorney? Um, it's uh, also used as to, to ter- in legal terms in business, in the business world. It's used to describe uh, an, an agency or an agent doing something for someone. We had a real estate agent that uh, represented us in selling our house, and we gave her power of attorney, and we actually decided we didn't want to get up at 7 in the morning to close on the house. We figured, hey, we're paying you a good sum of money. You can go close on our house for you. And so we signed a document called power of attorney. It was a limited power of attorney. It was limited to only that one transaction, and she could sign our name and, and make the sale of that house, and we were home in bed. We sold our house and cashed in all the equity in it by laying in bed. Because we gave her power of attorney. Now listen to this definition. Agency means, that's what another word for it's agency. An agency in the business world is that relationship between two or more persons by which one person, the agent, represents another person, the principal in the transaction of lawful acts of business. There are are two kinds of agents. There are special agents and general agents. A special agent is only authorized limitedly to do some specific thing, uh, such as sell a piece of real estate like I just spoke to you. Uh, Just because our real estate agent uh, signed and sold our house for us doesn't mean she could go down to our bank and sign a check and get any money out. It was limited. But this, this uh, uh, dictionary about business terms, it said that there's two kinds of agencies. There's special and general. A special agent's only authorized to do one specific thing, such as sell a piece of real estate or something like that, or, or whatever the uh, document says they can do on behalf of the principal, the person that is being represented, the principal. You get that? A general agent, a general agent is authorized to represent the principal in all of his business or in all of his uh, uh, transactions. The authority of an agent can be given to a uh, I mean, excuse me, the authority of an agent can be given to the agent by a principal three different ways. Under a deed or, or, or that is sealed with a seal, under a writing, a document, and under, by just giving words. The, the authority that that uh, agent is given is called a, the power of attorney. This is out of a uh, business dictionary talking about agents, being an agent. Well, think about what Jesus did. He said, I'm going to heaven. You go in my name. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying, uh, I'm not, the example I'm getting ready to say is not exactly perfectly equal, but it, there is a principle that is the same. It's like us selling our house. We said, we're going to bed, and you're going to do it in our name. Now, Jesus isn't at the right hand of the, of the Father sleeping, so I'm not saying it's a perfect illustration. But I'm saying, I'm saying we weren't there to, to actually sign for that house 
And Jesus is saying, I'm not going to be there whenever the devil goes boo in the night or something goes bump in the night. You understand? But I'm giving you my name. I'm going to heaven. And I'm giving you the power of attorney. Woo! No wonder Romans 10 says, Say not in thine heart, who shall send up into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from, the, from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring him up. But the word of faith is nigh you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. He's saying, I'm giving you the authority to decree a thing, and it'll be established if you'll say it in my name. The power of attorney can be used in commanding, and it can be used in prayer to the Father. It can be used in commanding of Satan to take his hands off of a situation. Amen. In fact, there's a lot of things you don't really have any business praying to God about. Because he's already done everything he's going to do about it. He's given you the authority. And you don't even have to pray to God. You can just say, in the name of Jesus, and speak to the situation. Just like Jesus spoke to the wind and waves. Just like he spoke to a fig tree. Just like he spoke to a fever. He wasn't talking to God about the wind and waves, fever, or the fig tree, or nothing. He wasn't talking to God. He was talking to it. Because... As a sinless man, he was operating in the authority of Adam. When he raised from the dead, he said, I got yours back. And I'm the one that got it, and so you, you operate in it in my name. Those who are in me are joined, and they become one with me in Christ. And I'm the head. I'll be in heaven as the head. You're the body. And just like your body, that's the reason he gave this illustration about the head and the body, because just like your head can't do anything except through your body, I'm going to heaven and I can't do anything except through you. Let's say Matt right now decides, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out of this chair and I'm going to go way to the other side of the auditorium and I'm going to sit down in that chair. And so what happens is he tells his body to go over there. Isn't that right? His head can't do it. His head can think it. His head can plan it. His head can will it. But his head can't do it. His body has to carry that out. He has to give the instructions to his body, and his body has to carry that out. Now, if a person's body, physical, I'm talking about a physical body, if a person's physical body is paralyzed... They're limited. They can't, their, their, their head can't do anything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Too many times whenever instructions come from heaven, people don't do anything. And so Jesus is as if, is as if he can't do anything because his body's paralyzed. Or at least the part that he gave instructions to. Amen. I don't want Jesus' body to be paralyzed. Whew, Glory. See, this is what that lawyer, anybody ever read E.W. Kenyon's book, In the Name of Jesus, or The Wonderful Name of Jesus? In that book, he said, when he was teaching on this one time, a lawyer interrupted him and said, uh, if we're, or what you're saying, because he was teaching on the name of Jesus, he said, if you're say, are you saying that Jesus gave us the power of attorney? Well, Kenyon, being a layman and not understanding legal terms, asked the lawyer in return, to his, uh, re- returning his question, said, well, you tell me. You're the lawyer. I'm just a, lay- a layman. I don't know, understand what that term means. Did Jesus give us the power of attorney? The man looked there. He's, he's reading Matthew 28. Uh, Kenyon's reading Matthew 28. He looked down. The lawyer looked down at the Bible and said, well, if words mean anything, Jesus gave us the power of attorney. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's right. 
So Kenyon said, well, what is the value of what you're calling the power of attorney? Because Kenyon didn't know that term. He said, well, it depends on the, the worth of the one who is giving it. Oh, now, that should have lit a fire on the inside of you. All authority. <laughs> go over to Philippians. Actually, actually, go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians. I'll quote Philippians. Go to Ephesians chapter number 2. For time's sake, I'm going to just quote. Uh, uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, you're going to Ephesians chapter number 2. Two. We got to get a hold of this and just stop putting it as a tag on the end of our prayer and recognize when we say in the name, we're saying in all the authority Jesus gained when he whooped the devil. And we need to pause and say, in that name and all its authority and everything that God deposited in that name. <laughs> You're going to Ephesians. Hold your place in Ephesians because it says that after Jesus emptied himself like we mentioned earlier, in verse 9 it says, Wherefore God also, this Ephesians 2, 9, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above it depends on the value of the one who holds it. Remember what that lawyer said? What's the value, Kenyon said, of this, of this power of attorney? He said it depends on the, the, the value or the worth or what is in the name of the one who holds it. If a pauper walked up to you on the street, a poor man, and he said, I got a bicycle, that's all I got to my name, and he said, I want to give you power of attorney in my life, you wouldn't think it's worth much because it's not. He doesn't have anything to his name. But if a billionaire walks up, says, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you general, not specific, and I'll prove that to you in a few minutes, but general power of attorney. All my assets, everything I have, I'm going to give you authority over them to make, to make all these transactions for me, do whatever, whatever you see best for my businesses and so forth. You probably ought to sign on that line pretty quick. Because the, the power of attorney, the value of the power of attorney depends what's in that name. Jesus' name is above every name. It said there in Philippians uh, that uh, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Give him a name above every name. That every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. Things is italicized. Things don't have knees. So he's talking about beings in earth, beings under earth, and beings in heaven. And that every tongue should confess that he's Lord to the glory of God. Now, okay, that's Philippians, but go to Ephesians. I had you go there to chapter number one. I think I said two, but I meant one. Look, it says, uh, God wants us, this is a prayer Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus in verse number 19. It says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, notice to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him, raised Christ from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, Far above, not just a little above, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Some of these words mean power. Some of them mean authority. Some of them mean dominion. Just, just uh, the, the word principality and power means power and authority, actually. And might and dominion. And he said, uh, 
and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. You know, this name is not only supreme now, it'll be supreme forever. Forever. In this age and the one to come. You've hitched your wagon to the right one, Jesus. You're in the right one when you came into Christ. You, you got into the right, you got into the one whose name will forever mean all authority. This means all authority over every name, including cancer, including all diseases. If it's got a name, the name of Jesus is higher. But I, see, it's not done yet. Every name, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things, King James says, to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. When it says to the church, the King James says to the church, I believe it's the Amplified, there's several other ones, I don't remember which ones they are, say rather than to the church, it says for the benefit of the church. Hallelujah. In other words, this Jesus was raised above all things and, and his name is placed above all names for the benefit of the church. What does that mean? In other words, he gave it to the church so that the church could change the situations that come up in life. So you don't have to live under the dominion of Satan like everybody after Adam fell all the way up to Jesus. Kicked from pillar to post. Told what you can't have and can't, can't have and what you can't do and what you can't do. Told whether you're going to die young or, or, or late or, you know, just being dominated. For the church who understands their authority, those days are over. They're over. Glory be to God. This has been given us for the benefit of the church. So we not live under those things that the world lives under. Be controlled by what they're controlled by. Lack and poverty is included. Sickness and disease is included. Tormented, squirrely mind is included. Amen. Praise God. I'm feeling mean on the devil tonight. This has got to become a revelation to you. Using this name is not just a tag on the end of a prayer. It's, it, it, it brings all the, all, of that, all the authority of heaven to attention. All of heaven. When you say in the name of Jesus, all of heaven stands at attention. Angels stand at attention. Before you use it, you should be filled with the consciousness that I'm about to uh, call on the resources of the throne of God and bring those resources to bear on this situation that, that I'm about to speak to. Hallelujah. And this situation is going to change. It's not going to stay the same. All of heaven's going to stand at attention. Jesus will personally take the responsibility for what I'm about to say. And God the Father will treat about what I'm about to say as if Jesus himself was the one saying it. Because I'm saying it in his name. And I'm his agent. I'm representing him. <laughs> I'm his agent. If you don't have any shouting in you tonight, you just don't have any. So... If these words mean anything in Matthew 28, 
They mean we've been delegated. Listen to me. They, we've, been, we've been given the power of attorney. But they mean more than that. They mean, not only have we been given the power of attorney, they, they mean we've been made general agents. Not just specific agents, general agents. Think about John 16, 23. I'll just read it to you. He said, what things soever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Notice that whatsoever. That's not limited power of attorney. Notice he said, whatever you ask in my name. In my, now, see, religion will go, well, yeah, 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 but wait, 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 wait. No, no, don't, don't, put some, don't put a yeah about. Don't put a yeah but on what Jesus said. Whatsoever things you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. He's giving us authority over all his business affairs in the earth. We are general agents. Hallelujah. It's the same thing as if Jesus were asking. If you go on a few verses later, this is John 16 there. I'm talking about John 16, 23. If you go on a few verses later, Jesus said, ask, and you'll receive that your joy may be full. He said, the Father loves you just like he loves me. Read it. He went on down through it. He's, he's basically saying, he'll do it for you just as much as he'll do it, do it for me. Because you're using my name and you're my agent. People say, well, I can't do that. I can't make demons do this. No, you can't. But you're representing someone whose power and authority will back you up when you use his name. but I'm just a little this or that, or I'm just not much. No, we don't care about you. This has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the name you're using. Now think about Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. General agent. Not, not limited power attorney, general. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you'll have them. Now, you might not like this, but I'm just telling you. That is a signed blank check. It's a signed blank check. Amen. What about Mark eleven twenty three? 23? We were in verse 24. What about back up to Mark eleven twenty three? 23? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He'll have, what's the next word? Whatsoever. Whatsoever he saith. General agent. Not limited to, if you have a hangnail. Think about Matthew 18, 18 and 19. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. If two agree on earth as touching anything, 
That's being a general agent. To transact any business that needs to be conducted as you carry out the Great Commission. Something gets in your way. Amen. So some of these verses, like in Matthew 18, verses 18, 19, some of these verses are commanding speaking to a situation. Some of them are prayer to God. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll give it to you. Two of you agree on earth is touching anything they ask the Father. And then the other one, though, whatever you bind, that's not asking God anything. That's binding a situation by the use of the name of Jesus. Just like Jesus uh, would say, peace be still to the waves. He wasn't talking to God. He was speaking to the situation. So faith will work and authority will work by faith through uh, saying and praying. But either way, use the name of Jesus. He's giving you a blank check. Hallelujah. Things will obey you. People go through life without much and they say, well, I don't want much. They just don't know what's in that name. You're authorized, listen, listen, you're authorized to have the very best. You read the Bible and God said things like in, in Isaiah, if you'd be willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land, for example. The, the other translations say the best of the land. So you will not offend God by going for the best. You won't offend God. You're authorized to go for the best. If you be willing and obedient, you eat the best the land has. He's saying, ask and you'll receive that your joy may be partly full. You know, just enough to get, get you through, keep you from being depressed. No, your joy will be full. If your joy is not full, ask some more in Jesus' name. You're not going to offend God because you got something nice. In fact, to him, it's still pretty shabby. You might offend religion, but not God. And there is a difference. There is a difference. But you need to get over what people think and what they're, what they're and be concerned about what they think because you, real, you realize that they that receive God's best, that big opening of heart that they open up to receive that, that's the same opening that they open up when it comes time to bless and to give. And don't you ever forget it. You should go ahead and receive God's best because it'll help you a whole lot in knowing how good your father is. And big receivers are big givers because they got a revelation of that generous, big heart of God, the father. And they say, well, I'm the same way. I just. So don't you ever criticize people that receive big. You don't know what they, how much of a blessing they become to the body of Christ anyway. Amen. Okay, Acts 1. Let's, let's wrap some things up here tonight. Acts 1, verse number 1 and 2. Luke is the human agent that God used to write the book of Acts. You realize it's inspired by the Holy Ghost, but he used a man. And he starts out in Acts 1, 1. The former treatise, Have I Made, O Theophilus? of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach till the day which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost was given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, notice the former treatise, Have I Made, O Theophilus? He's talking about the book of Luke. I wrote the book of Luke, of, and I gave a record. I wrote that to you to give you a record of all that Jesus began to both do and teach till the day he was taken up. 
And so he's writing that, starting this book by saying that. And really what he's saying here is, I'm getting ready to finish writing more in the book of Acts of what Jesus continued to do and teach. Somebody said he wasn't here. No, it wasn't Jesus. Well, look at the language. I'm writing to you all, verse 1, all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. That indicates there's a continuation. Because if there was not more to continuing to come, he would have said what Jesus didn't taught. I wrote what Jesus didn't taught in the book of Luke. But that's not what he said. He said, I'm writing, I wrote the book of Luke of what Jesus began. Not what he finished, what he began. He wrote the book of Acts, which is the story of all that Jesus continued to do through the church. And that book's not finished. Amen. This is a very revolutionary statement when he said this. He's dividing Jesus' ministry into the part, into two parts. Into the part he operated in when Jesus was here in the flesh. And into the second part, that was the Gospels, by the way. And then the second part was the part in the book of Acts and which continues today. So the complete history of what Jesus did and taught does not uh, conclude in the Gospels. He departed at the end of the Gospels. But the Father and, and, and Jesus, through the church, in the book of Acts, continued the work of Jesus. Jesus continued His work in the book of Acts. Amen. In other words, the book of Acts is an exhibition of all that the glorified Redeemer, the risen Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father, were doing through His church under His authority... But he remained the principle behind it all. You know what I mean by principle? They were doing it in his authority. They were his agents, but he was the principle in heaven that they were carrying it out for. They operated in his authority. You understand what I'm talking about? So Jesus went to heaven, but he said, all authority is given unto me. You go. You go. Continue my ministry. Hallelujah. You know, when we become, when we're born again, we're baptized into Christ. We become one with Him. And He's doing through us in the earth today just the same thing He's wanting to do through us. Just the same thing as He did when He was on the earth. He's the head, and we're the members of the body. Isn't that right? Just like Matt couldn't say, his head couldn't say, I'm going to go over there and do that without his body. He's given his body instructions. Isn't that right? People's bodies have to respond to the heads to get something done. Same with Jesus. He's not here in the flesh, but you and I are. So we've been made agents by virtue of our union with Him, being, be, becoming into Christ. Not only have we in Matthew 28 and Mark 16 and all these places been commissioned, but we've also been authorized. No principle can uh, give somebody the uh, power of attorney without authorizing them. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, listen to John 17, 18. Let's go through. In fact, look at these with me. Y'all got another few minutes? Yes, John 17, listen to what Jesus said. John 17, verse number 18. He said, as thou hast... He's talking to the Father God. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. 
We're sent to do His work. He's basically, in this verse, transferring the assignment that God gave Him to us, the church. He also transferred the authority to get the job done. We have that right now. Can you see He's transferring the assignment to us? Go to John 20. That's in the 17th chapter. Go to the 20th chapter. In verse number 21. John 20, verse number 21. Then said Jesus to them, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. If He's sending us, He has to authorize us. And that's in fact what He did when He said in Matthew 28, I'm authorizing you. That's why He said in John 14, The works that I do, you'll do also. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now think about John, 1 John 4, 17. I'm, giving fast, I'm going fast, but, but see, I want to get this in tonight here. Think about 1 John 4, 17, a verse you're familiar with. Uh, in fact, let's go to it. I'm trying to hurry. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to. I, I think you need to underline it. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 17. Jesus, uh, it says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is so are we in this world. As He is, so are we. As He is authorized, so are we. As He is sent, so are we. As He is commissioned, so are we. Isn't that what Jesus said in all those verses? As the Father sent me... Now I'm sending you. In other words, as he was committed, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is commissioned, so are we. In other words, we're his agents. We're his agents. Amen. He commissioned us to carry out his ministry. No wonder Luke said, uh, uh, the gospel of Luke uh, was... All that Jesus, in the book of Acts, he said, all that Jesus began to do and teach because the book of Acts continues Jesus' ministry. We're commissioned to carry out his ministry. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Tread on serpents and scorpions. Preach the gospel to all all people. Get people born again. The church has been called to carry out the very ministry of Jesus himself. How far the modern-day church has fallen from that standard. They're living way beneath their privileges, number one, and their responsibilities, number two. Many aren't doing half of Jesus' ministry. The modern-day church isn't even getting people born again to a great extent. Are you out there? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God gave the church the commission as well as the authority. Hallelujah. You'll find nowhere in the Scriptures, by the way, that Jesus rescinded the Great Commission or the authority that, that we have to carry it out. Isn't that right? He gave it to Adam. And Adam, God had planned for Adam to pass it down to his descendants. There would never was, it never was planned. In fact, uh, God didn't rescind it from Adam when Adam sinned. You ever, um, Luke's gospel where Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan tempted him, one of the temptations was, uh, 
I forget which one that Jesus said this. Oh, I remember. Whenever the temptation was to, uh, to uh, worship me in all these kingdoms of the earth, he took them up on a high mount, showed them all the kingdoms of the earth and all the authority. He said, Satan said, all the, all the glory and all the authority of these kingdoms I'll give to you if you'll bow down and worship me. Satan said that to Jesus. And uh, Jesus said, no, get behind me. It's written, uh, you only worship God and him only you serve. Isn't that right? Jesus resisted that temptation. Well, um, but Jesus, actually, what Satan said there was, it says it in the, uh, Luke's gospel, uh, a little different, but if you look it up in some other translations, and in the Greek, it's very accurate in, this, in some of these other translations. Satan said, all this glory and the authority of all these kingdoms, I'll give you, he said, if you worship me, because he said, that has been given unto me. Yes. Satan said, that has yes. been given unto uh-huh. me. Yes. Are you still here tonight? Yes, sir. I know we're going a little long here. I'm trying to... That's been given unto me. One translation says, and the Greek is pretty clear on this, and actually, if you go back in the book of Genesis, it's obvious. One translation says, that has been relinquished unto me. Adam relinquished it. Satan usurped it. God did not take it from Adam. Adam relinquished it. That means he gave it up free will. When he sinned, he gave it up. God had planned that Adam, uh, all, all his descendants, have the same authority Adam had and that it be passed on from one generation. It was supposed to be passed on through Adam's seed. But Adam gave it up. He relinquished it. Satan usurped it. Are you with me tonight? Satan came on the scene before, it ever, before Adam ever got a chance to, uh, you know, pass it to the next generation. And Satan, in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, is called the God of this world. Where did he get that? He got that from Adam. Adam relinquished it to him. He surrendered it. You know what surrender means? Whenever he fell from that place of authority, he surrendered that place of authority. Whenever he fell into sin, excuse me. But Jesus came to bring man that authority back. Adam's authority. Are you still with me? That's what he's talking about in Matthew 28. All authority! I got it back for you. You go in that authority. He said, I got your authority back. I got Adam's authority back. So it didn't come through the first Adam, but it came through the last Adam. What Adam lost, Jesus came and got back for us. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 says, And so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul, and the last Adam, Adam was made a quickening spirit. Verse 22 of that same chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. In Adam all died. In Christ all are made alive. Amen. Notice that term, in Adam all. Yes. In, a, in Adam all. Yes. And in Christ all. Yes. All that are in Adam, that's every human being on the planet. You can go anywhere on the planet and find them talking Adam's language. I'm sick, I'm broke, I'm, I, I'm defeated, I can't get ahead, I'm, I'm broke, busted, and disgusted, I'm depressed, I'm, 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 I'm under the oppression of the enemy. You can find Adam's condition everywhere on the planet, whether they, whether they speak English, Spanish, whether they're American, whether they're from Swaziland, doesn't matter, wherever. Every man's in Adam. Every man lost the authority in Adam. 
why didn't God do something? Why didn't he come on the scene and stop it? It would have saved us a lot of trouble. I'll tell you why. He couldn't. He wasn't a man. Man, in, no, no, nobody in heaven could do it. They weren't on earth. The authority was given, given to man so he could operate it on the earth. He didn't have that authority. If he, do you realize that if he could have, he would have stopped that thing? But listen, he had a plan. He had a plan. And the Bible said he had it planned from the foundation of the world. Even before man had the need, God provided the plan. Here was the plan. I'll become a man. <laughs> I'll come into the earth. I'm talking about Jesus said this. I'll come into the earth. God planned this. Jesus said, I'll do it. I'll, I'll go into the earth. Jesus said, I'll become a man. I'll lay aside some of these uh, attributes and, and privileges of deity. And I, in the authority of Adam, because I'll be a man, will defeat Satan on his own territory. And then at the end, he surrendered to sin, became sin for all of us came under that dominion of Satan, went to hell, and Satan held him for three days. But God said, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. He's not, he's not guilty of any sin, therefore I can rightly raise him from the dead. God raised him from the dead. Jesus kicked the devil in the head, took the keys of death and hell, and he raised up and he said, all authority. Hallelujah. The whole Bible is about two men. The first Adam and the second Adam. In the first Adam, all. In the first Adam, all fell. In the first Adam, all lost authority. In the first Adam, sin dominated everyone. In the first Adam, Satan became the God of this world. In the first Adam, all. But in the second Adam, any man in the second Adam... Any man who will come into the second Adam, all who come into the second Adam will be made alive spiritually and be raised far above. <laughs> Woo. What a plan. What a plan. That plan of redemption. Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. We know he's talking about all of us, obviously. Man was lost. But think about it. He came to seek and save all that was lost. That includes our authority. I came to get back your authority. So he, he fixed what, what uh, sin spoiled. Jesus didn't just give us forgiveness of sin. He gave us remission of it. He, gave, he made us a new creation. He seated us with Jesus and gave us authority over all the forces of darkness. Be seated just for a minute. I'm going to wrap this up. The authority being man's authority on the earth required it be exercised by a man on the earth. And it required a man to get it back. So Jesus came and did that. 
Hallelujah. When he said, all authority is given unto me, he left and went to heaven, but he turned it back over to us. He in heaven couldn't exercise that authority. Hallelujah. When people hear Jesus say, all authority is given unto me, they clap their hands and say, yay, he has it. Jesus, do something about my situation. They totally miss what he's talking about. They miss that he turned that over to us. There are things that God can't do for you because he doesn't have the authority. Now, that's foreign to a lot of church people. But you have to look at your Bible very carefully. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God didn't intervene right at the moment when man surrendered and usurped authority and gave it to Adam. God didn't intervene right then, but he had a plan, and he did intervene. He did intervene. But he had to come in as a man to do that. Can you see that? He intervened through the plan of redemption. But he had to come here onto the earth and operate in, man's, I mean in, in Adam's original authority, which he could do because he was sinless. He got his body from Mary, but he was God. <laughs> he was a man, but he was God, sinless in his nature. Hallelujah. 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 Even before Adam got tripped up and fell, God said he planned this plan from the foundation of the world. God is ahead. Anything the devil's ever going to try in your life, and the way, he, the way he gave you authority made you ahead of everything yes. Satan tries Amen. to do in your life. Here's my, here's my exhortation to you. Start, don't, don't just know about this. Start using it. Start using it. Start talking to things. I don't mean be frivolous and be mindless and just every little thing you're speaking to. Mosquito flies around and say the name of Jesus. Don't be mindless. Use it recognizing you're getting ready to invoke all the power of heaven. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life. 